This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Today we have another in-house podcast, and we're going to go through um, some of the gear that we've used and tested Um throughout this year so uh, one of the hotbed items is the saddles so we go through uh, the saddles that we've used both the trophy line and the tethered and kind of where to go from from there if you just want to start out and those are your your two options I mean those are the only ones that we can speak on because they're the only ones that we've used um, and then uh, our sticks and climbing methods uh, we go through our packs and camera arms and things like that so uh, kind of an informational podcast uh, just kind of like our opinions on the things that we've been using things we like things we didn't like and uh, just kind of like a real world um, you know as we used it type um, assessment of uh, the gear that we were running all year um, this time so um, I, I think there's a lot of good information in there especially uh, for guys that are looking at saddles and have questions about the different sticks and and climbing stand, uh, climbing systems and things like that. Um, but real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to our latest, uh, Patreon, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Casperson up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Thanks for signing up. Um, he's in the running now for, uh, our full saddle hunting kit that we're going to be giving away. Um, you know, we talk about a lot of the products here in this podcast. Uh, that's going to be a full Trophy Line Ambush Pro setup with a set of Muddy Pro sticks and one of the Artisan Outdoor Fabrications platforms. So everything that you need to become a saddle hunter, we're going to be giving away uh, to one of our Patreons. And so our Patreons are just kind of like a crowdfunding thing for uh, creators. Uh, you can check it out at... Uh, Patreon forward slash Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And um, that helps us to be able to go uh, get some of this gear to try out and uh, go to these shows, talk to the to, to some of the guests uh, in the upkeep for the podcast and things like that. And, um, you know, it really, really does help us out. So um, 
if you want to help out the show, uh, definitely check that out. Or, um, you know, basically we do quarterly giveaways and we give away um, kind of some more big ticket items and kind of things that people are are, are wanting to see uh, to give back. It's not just to, to help us out. Uh, we want to make sure that we've got extra value there for you. So we've been doing some live streams on uh, when we do the podcast. So the Patreons can go into their Facebook group uh, that we've set up for the Patreons and they can you know, follow along in real time and, and kind of see us uh, dinking around uh, recording these. And um, it's fun to interact back and forth with them. Um, so if that's what you're interested in, you know, you can certainly check that out. Or uh, maybe you just want it to be a, a raffle ticket to, to buy some, uh, get some really nice gear. Um, the odds are, are very, very good. I mean, so right now there's like 25 patreons so basically these guys have a one in 25 chance of winning a full on everything you need to to saddle hunt kit so um it, just throwing that out there that's going to be drawn after the first of the year so this may be the last podcast before the end of the year i think we've got one more coming up um and i don't think we'll have one to drop on new year's day but um we'll, we'll have one um you know, soon after that, and then it'll be an ATA show. So we got a lot of big things coming up. Um, but if, uh, you know, you Patreon's not your thing, um, no big deal, not <laughs> no skin off our back. You know, we just appreciate everybody that's listening. We really, really do. Uh, one thing we would ask, though, is that you just tell a friend about the podcast, uh, whether they're, in this case, looking at saddle hunting and uh, they, they want to hear some some guys that have tried a couple of the different ones, uh, different climbing sticks, or, um, you know, maybe point them to another podcast that help you out. Um, you know, one of our episodes and, uh, leave us a review. So either click that five star button, or if you really like us or you really hate us, uh, go ahead and, you know, just type out a review saying, uh, what you like, what you didn't like, um, because that helps us to get better. Uh, and that's really what we want to do is just to keep this thing going and to make it, uh, better every week and uh, better for you as a listener if you liked one thing and didn't like the other um, you know we'll never know if you don't ever say anything so uh, leave us a review if you can um, thank you so much for following along follow along with us on Instagram Facebook um, you know our YouTube page we're going to have we talk in this one about uh, a pretty fun hunt that uh, we just had with Frank and uh, we'll have that one up too on our YouTube here pretty soon so uh, we do appreciate everybody that listens, and I know you're going to love, love this one. So uh, enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Today, uh, we're, we're giving it a try with the uh, videoing one more time. We started out doing that from from the get-go and um because i do all the editing and everything and it was just too much so um we kind of took a hiatus from that and uh now um i think i think i've got it figured out where we can do it i'm not real happy i'm not liking what it looks like on the little screen there but uh i think it'll be all right we it's just the lighting in the background here but if you're just listening um yeah our podcast have been going up on youtube just as audio files. Um, and I really want to get back into video and doing the streaming and stuff like that. And so, um, we're slowly going to be transitioning into that, but, um, 
this podcast, I just want to go through like our gear. Uh, we've been fielding a lot of questions, especially about the saddles, but the sticks. Um, and so I've got some of that stuff back here. I thought it'd be a good one to do the video on um, and um, just kind of go through, you know, some of the listener questions that we had. And uh, we're streaming live with our Patreons here. And um, th they had some questions about our bow setups, why we're shooting uh, thumb releases rather than trigger releases. Um, how do you practice, like, broadheads, and then how do you practice with your hunting arrows? Um, uh, things like that. So just kind of want to get in uh, on that. So uh, as far as the bow setups, um, my bow setups is the same as last year. So it's the um, Diamond Deploy SB, 60 pounds, 440 grain, Black Eagle arrows, and the tooth of the arrow. I it was 70 pounds. I think it's 60. No, I'm pretty sure that one was 70, your other one was 60. Okay. I've got two <laughs> uh, similar, <laughs> very, very similar bows. Um, so 70 pounds then. Um, yeah, because we had to bump your arrow shafts. Okay. Yeah, you're from right. The one, from the old bear bow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. That's right. So 70 pounds and um, nothing changed. And you wanted to know about the quivers. So I'm running the Trophy Ridge um, five light quiver, which is like, it's very similar to John's tight spot. It's, it, I mean, just me being me and being cheap, it's like a poor man's tight spot. Um, you can adjust it in and out. It doesn't cam on like that. It actually rotates um, onto a bracket, much like um, one of the cheaper ones would do. Um, but um, I know that thing, the lead anchor. But um, you gotta do the limbo. Yeah, but uh, that um, is is what I'm shooting. In that I wanted that quiver. Um, I went with that quiver last year when we went to Idaho uh, because I didn't want to pay a hundred bucks or hundred dollars plus for the tight spot, and that was the closest thing. And I wanted to see what the big difference would be from a hundred dollar quiver to a, you know, I think that one's like forty bucks, fifty bucks, something like that. Uh, so to me, it seemed like a budget um, tight spot. So it, that's what I'm shooting. And then with those two the air broadheads and then what we do for, you know, we are both shooting fixed blades. You shooting fixed, you know, you shot, you shot the Rage. I shot the Rage tripan and I have, I got a plethora of uh, different broadheads. Yeah. Uh, my quiver looks like ridiculous, right. but uh, for shooting them, I mean, with those two the arrows there, you can resharpen them. So I was just using one of them and then, and sharpening that one um, and just kind of tuning them that way. Got the Muzzy Trill car. Got the Slick Trick standard four blade. And then I got my tripans. So, and they're all hitting about the same spots. Yeah, and so you just take one and that's your... Well, what I was doing, like if it's open, you know, no brush, you know, if I'm not in the marsh, then I'm just... You know, when there's possibly a long shot, I'll stick with a tripan. But then if I'm out in the marsh and there's, or it's a, a short shot, <clears throat> short distance, 
and there's some brush or, you know, maybe some twigs, then I'd go with the fixed blade just for deflection. But like I said, they're both, or all three of them are shooting pretty much the same. So the, the fixed blades drop a little bit. So, but that's fine for shooting it at short distance anyway. And then the, the expandables come with like a practice head. John, yeah. you're taping up some of them big ones. Yeah, yeah. I I got one of those hypodermic uh, practice, practice heads. heads, but mainly I just, I mean, I switch over my knocks. So even like during, I mean, if I'm practicing during the season, I'm shooting the same arrows with my nocturnals. And then, you know, I'll shoot. I have several broadheads that I'll go fling out there. But if I'm just getting reps, I'll shoot my field tips. But yeah. So uh, there wasn't any big real changes in that department for us this year. Frank Frank got a whole new bow. He's, he's shooting all sorts of stuff, and he's shooting very poorly. Uh, <laughs> so um, he, we need to get him that that head, like the the bow hunting fireman. You see a guy? No. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a funny one. He uh, shows a turkey head, and he's got all this stuff like draped on it and he <laughs> shows him like shooting a turkey and then when he goes out to get it, it's already quartered cut all up <laughs> it's a pretty funny video. it's a funny video yeah but um but yeah so i mean as far as our bow setups and their quivers and arrows and stuff everything's pretty much the same um but next year i can tell you um and it's a, kind of alluding to one of our new podcasts uh that's coming up here uh after the first of the year after ata is i'm going to build some heavy freaking arrows and I've got day six, six day six arrows. Are those Fletch or just bear shafts? No, bear shafts. Bear shafts. Um, so, well, that's cool. So I'm going to have John build. I would say I was going to build them, but I'm going to have John build me some uh, heavy arrows and um, probably going to shoot a big single bevel. Um, probably the cutthroat is what I'm looking at. Um, they don't seem like they're very, I mean, they're expensive as far as broadheads go, but they're not iron will expensive. So they're not 150 bucks, uh, I mean like 60 bucks or something like that. Um, but yeah, nothing's really changed um, in that matter, but we've got a lot of questions uh, regarding our um, saddle setups, the sticks, um, kind of like the way that we have been running that. So what big changes did you make this year, John? Oh, I went completely. I mean, I had my XLP set up <clears throat> at the beginning of the season, and I was just, I mean, it's a great stand and stuff. Sticks are great, but it's just, for me, it was just too heavy for carrying camera gear and all that. I mean, if I strip down, I'm not carrying the camera gear and stuff, that it's doable. But after the first couple hunts, that's when I was like, man, I got to do something different. I got to try something different. You let me use the tethered, the manis. So grab that one up here and let's. <clears throat> yeah, so I started the season hunting from the mantis. Um, so yeah, so this, I mean, what's it weigh? I it, like nothing. Not even a pound. Well, but the thing is, so anyway, so John was hunting uh, with his stand. I was hunting from the mantis. Then John got the 
the ambush. And this is the ambush light from Trophy Line. From Trophy Line. And it's mesh. And um, I, John sat in the, the Mantis what, one, one or two times. One time. One time. And he was like, I need to get a saddle. Uh, was it the bulk or was it the the weight or was it comfortability? Um, it was just pretty much everything, just the ease. I mean, I put it on and wore it in. So it was one less thing I had on my pack, you know, trying to. I'm using my Exo or my Exo Mountain Gear uh, frame pack. And so I just took my pack off and I'm using the frame. And so I put the stand on, strap that on. Then I would have my bag. And I'd put all my gear in that, put strap that to the, the to the stand, and then I'd take my sticks and strap that onto the back of the bag. So, I mean, just a ton of, you know, dinking around and, and just bulk. So, once I put on the, the saddle, I strap it on and wear that in, then I just have my sticks, and I got rid of my, my pack part, and I just strap on my extra clothes and my old fanny pack. And so, it it's considerably less bulk and, you know, way easier. Yeah. I, so for me, the the Mantis was fine. Um, I didn't I didn't make any sort of changes or anything like that. And then we've got, you know, John got the trophy line. And I didn't get to sit in it or anything. I just got to, to see it. And there are two, you know, everybody wants to know what's the difference between these two saddles or what saddle should I start with. And, um, uh, personally, you know, so I, I have an ambush pro now, um, and I've been hunting with that ever since I got it. Um, not because I think that it's better or worse or that I didn't like the mantis. Um, it was just simply to be able to speak on it without, um, you know, I feel like on these forums and stuff like that, like you never really know who's talking. So you don't know who, you know did they sit in a set? You know, there's so many people that sat in a saddle for one time. They're like, I fucking hate it. It's a, you know, right. <clears throat> it's too much work. It's, you know, but they never actually did a stand and sticks hunt. They never did anything like that. They didn't, you know, that wasn't their, um, that their was, norm. They were going to hate it anyways, to right. start with. And, and when we talked to tethered, Greg said that he said, you know, if you think that you're not going to like it from the get go, you're not going to like it. Right. Um, and so that it's just not fair to, you know, to the saddle community or whatever. I mean, there's so many people that are just out there bashing. So there are two completely different saddles and I, w- I wanted to be able to speak intelligently on, on both of them. Um, and so I, like on the video here, like the tethered one and the trophy line one, I got them held up side by side here. And the, the tethered one is 100% minimalist. And it is not rigid in the least bit. You can ball it up into right. nothing. And so it's, I mean, if you want lightweight, you know, packable, um, you know, whatever. You jam that into a fanny pack. A, a cargo pocket right. if you if you, if you, you wanted to. The trophy line, you certainly couldn't do that at all. Um, if you, no, it's pretty substantial. And if you think of like a, a, like a shooter's belt. Or like if you've ever carried a handgun like on in a holster on your belt and you use like a leather belt or a cheap canvas belt or something, the weight pulls it down. And, you know, when you have a, a duty belt or something like that, 
that's rigid or has a, a metal frame in it uh, so that it doesn't pull and that so you can carry that weight um, that's more of like the way that the belt on the the trophy line is designed and that's the way that that one is the tethered one is more like a seat belt and it's built that way you know to be you know minimalist small you know and it serves the same purpose now one thing that i noticed when i had it is that it when you uh when i've got some couple pouches on there when i fill up those pouches they start to weigh it down and fold back and you know um, it gets kind of uh, frustrating you know to to some degree uh dealing with that but it's it's it comes with the territory um the the trophy line is heavier because it's a different build and you know when we talked to trophy line they said it's a more of a hammock style well the size of the i mean again if we were to talk handguns the the purchase of the tethered versus the trophy line the trophy line has uh, i would say a third more material it's longer it's deeper um and so when you sit in it, they said it's like a hammock style. Well, with the tethered and what I had heard about saddles was all about hip pinch. Like, oh, hip pinch, hip pinch, hip pinch, this, that, another thing. The first time I sat in the trophy line one, I felt like it was squeezing my guts out. It wasn't hip pinch because it didn't land on my hips so much. And I, and comes you know, up through. Yeah. And so I, um, and I don't know. It feels, and I don't know if this is because I've sat in the tethered and I have that fit in my head, but it feels like I'm in almost too big of a saddle. Like if I would have went one size down and I'm like a 36 waist, I'm like six foot, 225 pounds. Um, I think if maybe if I would have had a smaller one and then when we ordered these, I was thinking we should have got one of each size just to see right. uh, if there was a difference. But um that's the main thing that I noticed. Now they uh, so uh, tethered has a uh, Amsteel fixed bridge, and the Trophy Line has a web bridge, which and, is adjustable. Well, it's not so. I, I talked to Sean, and he said it's not adjustable. It's not designed to be adjustable, right. but you could. You can use it because I did that the other night. I was just playing around with it. I know it's not designed to be adjustable, but you can actually slip it in. Like if you pull the top strap. It'll shorten up, and as you're hooked into the bottom, you know, both of them, then the bottom one becomes the bridge, and then you have, like, an excess loop kind of hanging through it. But you can do that if, I mean, and it was completely secure. But it would be, well, first of all, we don't recommend that because <laughs> you're playing with your life. John's reckless. But um, there's then, no way you can. But, but, but then wouldn't you have an issue, like, if you had to make one of those shots where you had to, like, actually rotate the. Swing through it? Yeah. Not necessarily. I mean, you could, the. The excess was just kind of hanging over, but it, it did make the, you know, it changed the angle a little bit. You're shortening it up, so you're bringing it back. So you, you don't have as much of a sweep. Right, and, and it also, then you're getting even more pinch, you know, on your, it's actually like in your abdomen area. I feel it like at the base of my ribs sometimes if I'm really like scooching into it. And the tether bridge, to me... And I, like I said, I have very little, and everything is so personal with saddles. It's another thing. It's like, I can't tell you what's going to feel good for John, what's going to feel good for me, what's going to feel good for whatever. But the, 
the bridge on the, the mantis seems quite long. Um, and I, the trophy lines is shorter and I think I like that better. Um, like I think I like a shorter bridge and that that's one of the things that gets me is like, I see these guys. So the saddle hunting community is built from, uh, DIY realm. Um, it is a hair short, hair longer. Um, and so they started when there was only so many options, right? So there was only trophy line or a, a Guido's web or whatever, cutting, hacking, sewing, making their own thing. So I, I read on saddlehunter.com, um, researching bridges and they're like, yeah, I got a new trophy line. Uh, and then I put in a spliced in a whoopie sling am steel bridge, cut the other one off of that. And it's like, it's brand new. Like how, why would you do that? And then anytime, like I think about like when, uh, when we're at ATA and when we talk to Greg, I've, I've got to ask him questions. Cause I've got another tangent about ropes that I want to get into here, but it's like, man, it's like, I feel like I'm taking my life into my hands. Like whenever I modify something like at this level, because it's, you're hanging by a string. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to some degree. Um, but the both of the, you know, uh, when we had Trophy Line on, they talked about the belt and that it needs work or could be upgraded or whatever. Um, they know that it's a heavier saddle and it you put your ropes and your pouches and everything and it does slide down and open up. And that's what I've noticed. Uh, but I did notice that the, the tethered belt didn't, I mean, the buckle was better, but it didn't hold either. I felt that sliding down. Um, but that, I mean, that's been my experience with the two and the microfit adjusters, um, didn't know what they were. I got them with the saddle, uh, didn't. No, I mean, I know how to put them on there. I put them on there. And I think once I put those on there and started just messing with them, because when you're not underweight, it doesn't do anything. It's like, these are just extra leg loops, straps. It's just one more piece of metal to dink around with. Um, but I think that that's when I fully like locked into it being like comfortable, comfortable, like fit my body like perfectly. Right. Those microfit adjusters that are on the Mantis, um, I Basically, think they make a huge deal. And that's what, that was my. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, you know, the so. one thing that I noticed with the, with your tethered, I didn't use them either, but I could see the purpose in it. And then when, when I got the trophy line. So what is the purpose? Explain. So me. what that'll do is as you pull the micro adjust, it brings the, the strap that's underneath, like basically right underneath your butt. It will pull that tighter. So now you're not just having all the weight on your belt strap. It, it adjusts, it like cups your ass. So, and that's what happens with, with the trophy line is you don't have that adjustment. So that's why it like slides up and then it pinches your abdomen or like, like I said, it's like right at my ribs and there's no, I can keep scooching it down, but there's no way to keep it there. So again, and John's been hunting all season, you know, sands, a handful of sits out of the the trophy line um how much have you played with like your tether height with um all of that like where it's actually on the tree i've done a where lot. your I mean, prosic is i've um, 
Well, that's another thing with the trophy line. <clears throat> when you yeah, get well, it, I, we get yeah. there when we get to the ropes. But 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 I've done. I've had it all over. You know, like over my head. I've had it chin level, eye level, and then about eye level is about you know where I end up setting it down pretty much. Yeah, because that was the one thing. Like I said, I I got in the trophy line, and I was like, oh, that's different. It's like in my guts, but it's it's kind of designed that way. I mean, it's it is a it's a it's more material. It's it wraps around you, and it it just has a whole another feel. And I think you know. So again, we're not saddle experts, and we're not saying like we've tried them all. These are the ones that we've tried, and this is what's this been our, experience. Our, our experience. But I think like kind of like the way that the trophy line is is kind of like what they're trying to do with the flex, because what they did is they put a pleat in that so it opens up and it fits kind of to your body without the microfit adjusters but without all of the extra material on the sides also it's kind of like a, a, a hybrid but that's my understanding of it i can understand why that would why that would be that way but um one thing that i always keep in mind is in, in looking at all the saddles but like you know the guys from tethered they all started out basically hunting from the old trophy lines or making one their own because they didn't like what was available. And so I, and the, and you know, tethered's coming out with a new saddle at ATA um, that they say is going to be like the, the best saddle that's, you know, ever been produced and it's going to make saddle hunting change forever. Well, I'm super interested to see what all what what that could be because there's another company that's in Michigan um, that sounds like they they think that they've got like the same idea that Tethered's coming out with and they're kind of waiting to see what that is so they can you know see kind of what what's going on. But I think there's going to be a lot of different different things with the saddle community uh, coming out here pretty soon. But you know. What what I was getting at was what this mantis is is a bunch of guys that were building the perfect saddle, uh, but they're all I- I different individuals. So I can imagine that there were some compromises that were made, even with this this mantis, because they all they, they can't all like the exact same tether, uh, tether not- you know. Uh, bridge length or this or that you know and, and they're not it, all built the same either because that's it, a big thing oh yeah and 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 so it is such a personal thing um but yeah when i sat in the trophy line i was like okay this is different but then i just adjusted my bridge height or uh tether height and and the prusik and where that was and everything and i was just like okay this is yep it's, it's the saddle it's it's it isn't the, the, what I can equate it to is if you sat in a, a lone wolf and you hunted a little lone wolf your whole life and then you went and you hunted out of a millennium you'd be like there's things that I liked about my lone wolf that but this millennium seat's pretty nice but I you know I wish it had this and it doesn't have the versa button and um, all these different things and then you know it but price point so I mean. So what is this kit? Well, so that's the that's the thing. So the saddles th- themselves aren't that. I mean, f- between this ambush 
is like 169 and then the camouflage one is 179 and this is 199 for the mantis um, and that's just for the saddle that's not for anything um and then when you get into the ropes and carabiners and and all that stuff um the ropes are like 50 bucks a piece i mean i think it's like about 400 dollars to get into a mantis maybe maybe less than that probably um and then this one is like 269 269 ready to go ready to go um that's with a bridge i mean that's with your lineman's rope um your tethered rope and that's with three carabiners and the two pouches and two pouches and you know if you from tethered when you order you get either the micro fit adjusters you get a a pouch and a uh, which is the their store your stuff the uh, sis pouch the haulers sis hauler um but if that's what I, you know, so the ropes, grab that rope down there. I'll grab this one here. Um, so Tethered uses Samson Predator rope, and I don't know what the name of the rope is. I know that Sean has told me. Um, but the thing is, is these ropes are just so damn bulky. And they're, I mean, that that's the, the trophy line is a little bit less bulky. But it's just ridiculous like trying to carry these ropes and i i'm sure that the tethered guys are like compared to your uh it, not not tethered guys even just any saddle hunter in general is like compare it to your your tree stand or or this or that um it's just one thing that i noticed like i know that you could put these in the pouches and you could put it all and they carry just fine but when you try to put them in like a, a pocket on your pack or something like that, it's like more stuff, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff. Um, so that that's one of the things, and that's it's that's real. That's something that's like bugged See, me. No, in mine, this is the I have my ropes in the on the other saddle, but I have just the little drawstring bags, and each rope goes in one on each side, and that's where they stay. Yeah, and you could do that, but the. I want to do, we're going to do a video um, just on this. And I want to see like trying to put these like side by side in like a sandwich bag, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's the way kind of to, to show how to do it. But, but personally, and I think I'm going to do this for the next season is wild edge sells, uh, Oplux, Sterling Oplux, eight millimeter rope. So, I don't know what these, this is like 10 and this is like 11 millimeter or something like that. Um, but it's this like rope that was developed for like SWAT teams and special forces. It's like super strong balls up to nothing. And that to me is like what I'm going to go to now. You can't, it's eight millimeter. So it's not rated for a regular Ropeman one. You could use a Ropeman two on it. Um, but if you use a different knot and one of the tenders, you can use that. It, personally, if I was going to get into saddle hunting and I wanted to, like, I didn't know if I wanted to do it and I didn't want to, um, you know, spend four or $500 because you don't, you still don't have a platform. You still don't have, you know, there's so many different options. I personally would buy whatever saddle that you wanted, just the bare saddle, whether, you know, for 
200 bucks the mantis or if you're just wanting to get into it and to try saddle hunting uh one of the trophy lines you know for 160 bucks and then you know they've got like right now i think they've got 15 percent off i'm sure that you can find a code for um you know to get some money off of that yet um and you know they designed they put out that product to be a price point saddle so that that's what i would do um and then i would get a hunter safety system rope tether um for my lineman's belt and they're like 30 bucks i've seen them as cheap as like 20 bucks um that's what i would use for my lineman's belt because i mean i built mine i was using one last year with a ropeman and a carabiner that i got off of amazon and that's what i used all year last year and it cost me like 12 bucks you know the if i would have just used a prusik and a, right. a, a regular cam- carabiner um but the carabiners that come with it though i mean these are the black diamonds yeah they're like 20 bucks 12 bucks something like that a piece and we get you get three with this mm-hmm. plus then you get your two ropes mm-hmm. and the yeah, you need, but you get a, I mean, if you were just going to get into it, like I said, you might have a, uh, one of those hunter safety system ropes anyways that you could use or the one that come with the muddy. Yeah, like my, um, the lining ropes. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I would use. And then for the tether, I would get that rope from, uh, it's pre-spliced. So the, um, it's not spliced, it's sewn. So the trophy lines are sewn. And so then they're sheathed and the tethered ones are spliced. So there's a, a spliced eye. So they they fold up a little bit nicer than the trophy line ones. That's rigid. It doesn't the but wild edge it's spliced and it's that sterling oplux rope. And it can literally like fit in a can koozie with your carabiner. You just wrap it around there like paracord, but it's like rated safety rated climbing rope. Um, and so that's what I would do is get that one for 40 bucks or you could go on doublesteps.com and buy it. It's like $2 a foot or something. And for 20 bucks, you could tie up your own. But then again, you're like I said, you're taking your life into your hands with, with that. It's like you can trust somebody else to have your life or you can do it yourself. But the, um, what John was getting at with the, the ropes trophy line, their prusik knots are like nine miles long. The tethered one is probably six inches and and after it's wrapped. And that is probably... That's seven after I... It's wrapped six times. So Prusik has to be wrapped three times uh, to be safe, to get enough bite. And that's what it was at when I and got... it was at three three and then we put three more in it just put to take three more up, so. in it and it's six inches and how long is this one actually five not even five and that's from tether so you didn't it didn't have to do anything with it and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense it seems like they could save some money yeah just on rope i mean you could use half that rope yeah the thing was like it seemed like it was a foot long when you start when you get your weight on it and so that took out a ton of your adjustment in your tether. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say. People will probably be like, well, what does it really matter anyways? Well, A, on your on your tether, you are limited in the amount of 
you know, you don't want to be four feet from the tree. Right. You know, and if you're a foot to start out with, you know, at, at the bare minimum, you know, you lose some of that adjustability. But the same goes, I mean, if you're on a small tree with that lineman's belt, you got to reach all the way around the tree to try to tighten it up. And yeah, I mean, in that, it's, I was very surprised, you know, John said that. And then when I, and I got mine, I was like, oh man, that, that's, uh, that's really something like it's, it's not exciting. So like I said, I personally, that's what I would do. I wouldn't mess around with the, um, so this is the, unless you bought like a full kit and it was a, a deal, um, it, it, the ropes are just, I mean, they're important. It's ten and a half inches. Ten and a half inches, and that's not even being stretched. That's yeah, the brand new the one. The brand new one. So, I, I would, I would just use different ropes, and everybody, you know, you can use, you know, you could use one of those hunter safety systems, one for your tether, um, and there are plenty of people that do it. But there's also plenty of people that have made paracord saddles, and it looks like they're just asking to fall to their death too so or if you just don't if you don't want to screw around and you want a system that's fully ready to go and you, money's no object well it's not even that i mean it's not even a hundred dollars more and you get everything else with it it's ready to go and then if they're using the discount right now then you don't have to you're not looking for the right carabiners or you know yeah no i, I i'm just saying like or having to tie a persic or you know getting that rope I mean, the DIYers, yeah, buy the saddle and then figure out your ropes. The guys that just want to get into it with no no worries. Yeah. For the money, the, I mean, this trophy line is definitely a, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a gateway drug. It's an entry. Yeah. You know. And then you can do stuff like, like we were talking. Bring it to the local seamstress and you could have some micro adjusters made real easy sewn into the side straps and then you would be able to change that you know the position of the bottom strap so it would cup your ass more and it wouldn't you'd be able to adjust it and give you that adjustability that make it more comfortable yeah i um i may just do that um i've been thinking i mean you've got <laughs> you got two of them so i mean yeah, we can take this one and do it i i have i don't know why uh, but when maybe they send them with everything, maybe not. But I do have extra ones of these. The buckles. The buckles uh, from tethered these D hooks. Um, I've got four of them, so um, we can certainly we can certainly do that. And I think maybe the last thing on the the saddles is um, these tenders. So with a Regular prusik, you have you just put it back, but well, you just have to slide it on your own. And it, when when you wrap it six times, it locks up a lot harder than it did at three times. Now, see, I didn't think that. I thought it the three was a pain in my ass. Well, see, <laughs> uh, on my tether, it's like it was so hard to adjust. Yeah. Um, but so. One thing that they do is they, you can have a tender, so you can do it with like a loop of paracord around like a D-ring. Um, there was a local guy um, who I, I saw in one of the Facebook groups who was 3D printing these these tenders, 
And so I got a hold of him and I bought a couple for him because John was like at the end of his rope with um, just doing the the the, the prosecco on the linemen. Um, the tether isn't that big of a deal, uh, but it's it's just a simple thing. And he makes them for if you want to run a distal hitch, if you want to if you want to run that hunter safety systems rope because it's got that one has like metal crimps on it. And so it's a little bit bigger diameter. Uh, he makes one for that. So you can put it right over that and it'll work with that rope. Um, but basically it's the same as a ropeman, uh, to a degree. I mean, it just helps you slide the, um, the prusik one handed, um, up. It doesn't help you loosen it, but it helps you, you tighten it, um, just with the same motion as the, the ropeman. Um, and they run about 10 bucks, or you could make one yourself out of whatever. There's plenty of uh, YouTube videos on how to do it, and you could certainly do that. Um, and then the Ropeman is like 40 or 50 bucks. And if, it's. If you can find them. Yeah. Right now they're all sold out because everybody in the saddle community, now there's more saddles, now there's more saddle hunters, now there's more demand. Um, I got this one like two years ago. And it, I just, I, well, I mean, you're not using it now. No. Um, uh, again, simply, I mean, I'm, I'm not running the tethered ropes that I got. I'm running everything on the trophy line just so I can see what I like and I don't like. And John already said like right out of the box. And uh, honestly, um, so both of my ropes are the same color from tethered and I think they have two different colors. So I don't know. And they list a lineman and a, in a tether. I got this last year for Christmas, so I have no idea what was ordered. And they had such a huge demand, you know, the whole time. And they were just scrambling to put together orders. And my mom was calling, chewing their ass out (laughs) saying, Hey, I ordered this in October. Um, so I don't know if these are two linemen's belts I, you know, a lot of the, I think the tether is a different color now. Um, sort of brown, isn't it? Yeah. And so I don't know which is which, but what John noticed is these are, um, no, I do have, I do have two different ones because the difference is the size of the eye. They just must've had different ropes because this has a much larger eye to go around the, the tree to go to go through but on those sewn eyes on the trophy lines the the process or the lineman's is only big enough to get the carabiner through you can't put your whole rig through that right so um and that was frustrating because well i wanted to get rid of one of my carabiners for the noise yeah just eliminate noise you know it's one less that and then i could just leave it hooked to my loop on the right side and then just add, tuck it in, tuck and, it in, and then you know go. Yep. So, so and then even if you if you could, like what I did with so what I'm doing now since I have two sets, I use my other tether, and I'm using that as my lineman. But then when you go to tuck it, it's got this sewn, and then with the ridges heat heat shrink on it, it it kind of a it kind of goes in and then kind of sticks out funny, <laughs> but. It's still better than that. You eliminated a piece of metal. Yeah. But it, the the tender, 
I, I've been using it, like I said, just to see, and I don't have any sort of, I've had zero issue with it. Now the Ropeman is a little bit smoother, I guess, but if I were to rate like on a scale of one to 10, like how easy is it to work without a, without a tender, without a Ropeman is probably like a four. Like it's, it's not that big of a deal, but it's not, well, it's the same coming, uh, loosening it, tightening it up is a pain, you know, a real pain. Cause you have to use two hands to tight, to right. tighten it up. And it's kind of dangerous. I mean, like yeah. if you're up on it, if you get up to the top of a tree or you're, you're setting your, you know, last sticks or whatever your ring of steps and it's a little bit smaller up there and then you're trying to like hold on and then the the rope's too long next thing you know it's falling down so it's past your line of weight your waistline so that's kind of dangerous i mean you could Mm -hmm. fall you know farther than what you should or flip over backwards but like tightening it up with a tender is like a seven eight and with the ropeman would be a 10 you know as far as like yeah but i mean yeah at first when you dropped it off i was like what the hell is that but I've been using it ever since, and it works great. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean for the money. Yeah, ten bucks versus fifty. Right. I mean, yeah, I I have a ropeman, so. I don't. I don't use it. I only use it on my lineman's belt. I don't mm-hmm. use it on my tether. Yep, and John, you know when when I brought those over, John's like, "Well, just give me your ropeman. I'll buy it right now. I got the money. They're just not in stock." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not ready to just, you know, get rid of it just to get rid of it, but, um, you know, I'm gonna try it. And so, I, I mean, I guess your, like, final thoughts, if somebody was, like, saying, okay, well, uh, I just want to get a, a saddle, like, which one is the best? Like, I don't think you can say that one is the best. Right. Well, and I only have, I've sat one time in the Manus, so, I mean, it was definitely. So, like I said, I, I just want to, like, equate it to, like, tree stands, right? So, have you ever, you sat in tree stand before where you're like, I'll never sit in this piece of shit again, right. you know, and you sat in a tree stand where you're like, oh, you're probably your summit, yeah. right? Where you're like, it's like this a lounge is like chair, the most comfortable thing. And there, you know, there's trade-offs with everything. So I'd imagine that through the saddle models, that there's going to be some sort of trade-off here or there. One thing's better than the other. Um, but you know, what would you say to someone that's looking for like a saddle? Cause like you were on the fence about like last year you were like, that's so f- stupid. Like I'd never do that. Oh, it just looked like, what the hell are you doing? Even <laughs> when you were showing me at your house, like right before a season and you're hanging on your pine tree, I'm like, you look like a freaking tether ball, dude. <laughs> but, but no, I'm, I'm glad I ended up trying it. Cause I, I mean, Honestly, I don't know. I looked at my my summit sitting there. I hate to get rid of stuff, but it's like it's just going to sit there and collect dust. I'm not. I don't see myself using it. Well, see, and I'm like on the other side of that. And you know, one of our listeners said, the patrons, he said uh, they're trying to consider like a tree stand, like a good, nice tree stand versus a saddle, and you know which one, this, that, and the other thing, like. You know, so last year using the the air raid and then having the vanish, 
and then the Vanish Evo. Um, I, you know, I'm just, since using that Lone Wolf Climber for so long, I am just, like, spoiled or, like, super jaded on, like... The hanging hanging on stands? No, like, on, like, just the, uh, on cast. Like, oh, yeah. anything like aluminum, like, you, you know, I'm just like... Tube aluminum. Yeah, like... Clanky. Like, no way. And for the money, like, that XOP evolution that vanish evolution is a great stand and i have the vanish xt and i just it's like what you said like i don't know if i'll ever use it because of the saddle is like but it it may be nice to have as a like so today i filmed frank i filmed him yesterday and had to be in a different tree because he won't give up his his climber and you know, I would have to climb up after him and, you know, be, you know, when with a climber, it, it, with a two-piece climber and, like, trying to set your sticks. And, like, even when we, you and I were, were doing it, like, setting that, that hang-on right. was, like, my platform was, like, right at your back. And so everything it just has to be just so. And it might be beneficial if you were going to have like a preset or something or go up and hang a tree stand and then throw a platform on behind it. I might keep it around for that, but it's like, personally, I think I would get another, like a XOP, um, climber and get rid of that hang on and just, if I'm going to hunt from a tree stand, that would be what I would do it. And it would be somewhere where I already know that there's a tree. I already know exactly where I'm going. And I just don't want to like fart around with it because I, I mean, especially with the cast climbers, I feel like they make a fraction, 25% of the sound that like any of the other ones that I've ever used. And talking climbers. Yeah. And I got pretty proficient you know, using the one that I had. So maybe if I used the summit for 10 years, I would have been a lot quieter with it, but there's just not a lot of bangs and clangs with a rubber strap and a cast stand. So I guess if you're going to go in and sit and you're, you're going to use a climber by yourself, why wouldn't you just use your saddle? I know. And, 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 that's the, I, the only reason would be is like I'm lazy. Just because you didn't want to put the your sticks, sticks on. And yeah, that that would be it. And and like I said, uh, this year I haven't hunted out of a tree stand one time. I've not set foot on a. I've I I used the fucking loggy by bottom of the climber. Yeah, that uh, in a saddle. So that 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 kind of brings me up like <laughs> hey that really doesn't even count as a saddle hunt does it you used a climber base to go up and you hooked into your saddle hey <laughs> i mean it, it i gotta try it it's for it's for the it's for the good of the cause the, but what not how, to do it, but i mean our listeners listeners already heard this but would you suggest that again no i wouldn't <laughs> do that ever because it seems like it'd be kind of dangerous. Well, and the, the where you have to put your feet on a saddle is right where you don't want to put your feet on a climber. So right. it's Up like close to the tree. Yeah, it was. It <laughs> you was, have no leverage. I was definitely, I was definitely scared. Um, and I've, I've 
been stuck up in a tree without a bottom of a climber, so I was ready for it, but <laughs> it doesn't make it okay. Um, but yeah, so as far as the, I think saddle packages go and everything like that, that's been our experience and that's been our experience this year. And I, like I said, I'm doing my best to, you know, try out both of them and I, it's like sitting in two different tree stands. Like it's in both, you know, I wouldn't say it's like hunting from like a lone wolf and XOP because I think they're cut from the same cloth. Um, but it's, I, I don't have a, a, a huge difference. I think saddle hunting is so novel that, and it's so personal, but you can, you can set them up. It's just a matter of like what, what you're, uh, what you'd want. And I don't want to sound like ambiguous, but it really is just like, you know, if you had, if you wanted to hunt with a, with a, with a tree stand, if you wanted to say, okay, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to get whatever stand I want. Well, that lone wolf custom gear stand for 500 bucks, you know, was pretty freaking awesome. Like I've not hunted out of one and I've heard and read all the bad things and this, that, and the other thing. Um, and I've heard more good than bad. And I've, like I said, I've held it in my hand and messed around with it. And if I had 500 bucks and I was going to buy a tree stand and I was going to buy it for a purpose, um, you know, that's, that's one thing, but that takes a certain type of customer. Now, if you have, you know, 200 bucks, well then that XOP is going to be just fine and it's going to serve all the same purposes. Um, it's just, you know, a little bit different. So I think it's kind of the same on that. Um, but I think one of the other hot button topics is always like climbing methods. And very soon here, one of, one of our listeners, uh, one of our Patreons, Chris, um, has a small fortune in bee sticks coming, um, here in he ordered them. They should, they may be here this week. Um, but then I want to do a video to kind of put together. Cause between us, we have like every single version of popular stick out there. Um, with the exception of the lone wolf custom gear sticks. So we've got, uh, mighty pros, XOP lone wolf, uh, the cut down APIs, uh, set of cut down heliums and um, then Chris will have the B sticks. Uh, so we'll be able to kind of put them all side by side and, you know, kind of give like a rundown of what's what. And so what are you climbing with now, John? And what did you start the season with? Well, I started... I still have my XOP sticks, and I, I have the four of them. And then I got the Wild Edge Steps from you, so I'd, I'd use four my four sticks to get up top, and then I'd put three of the Wild Edge Steps around. But I, I like those Wild Edge Steps so much that I ended up getting rid of one of my sticks because we only have five of the Wild Edge. And so I'd do three sticks up, then I would do two wild edge and then i do my ring at three and that puts me up you know close to 20 feet 
And so you know Frank still has six of those primals. Yeah, but those, didn't you say somebody didn't have the rope? Well, they have buckles. A buckle. So, um, but you can you can cut the one buckle off and do the same knot just with the with the with the tail end. Yeah. Or you can tie up a rope. Right. Well, and I've got a ton of rope. I just don't have that rope or but yeah, I or think steel. just to get rid of the the bulk of the sticks. I mean, because those things are. I mean, it's nice to be able to strap a stick on and be. You know, I'm using full length, so they have three steps on it, and to get up. But it's just the wild edge steps are just so so easy. And as you're taking them off the tree, you're putting them in the pouch. When you get down the bottom, you just jam the ropes back in, and you're done. You know, so it's you strap it to your bag, or you throw it in your pouch, and on on your way you go. Where you gotta take the st- you know your sticks, wrap them back up stick them together, strap them to your pack, then load everything on top. So it's just a little more. And how much does the XOP sticks weigh? I don't know. They're almost four pounds, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they're they're heavy. Yeah. And so, um, now that I think about it, you're carrying a lot of shit. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean. uh, It was 52 pounds. Not not kidding, but not even that. So, uh when we get into packs and stuff, like it, John's got one of the, it's like the bucket or something. I don't know what it is, but the, oh my, the Badlands fanny pack. And then you've got the pack of wild edge steps and then you've got your XO pack. Yeah, it's but I don't have packs, but I'm my XO, I don't have, I'm not using the actual pack part right now. The bag. It's just the frame. Yeah. But I'm just like yeah. So yeah, I got a lot of you got a lot of bags. I got a lot of bullshit. (laughs) I'd like to get rid of. What I'd like to do is get rid of the sticks, and then just put my pack back on. Then I can just throw everything inside it, Mm -hmm. you know, and then just go. Yep. And then I'm not having to worry about strapping stuff on and you know taking things. Then I can have my throw my extra clothes in the bottom, whatever. And then, you know, the fanny pack can go right in the top of it too, because that bag's big enough. Because I don't ever use the fanny pack as a fanny pack because it doesn't have the the freaking suspender. Like, so like the monster fanny pack does. Yeah, so that thing just slides down all the time. And it's, if you tighten it up too tight, then your hip flexors by, you know, 100 yards, I'm about ready to fall over because my hips are hurting so bad. But So um, how, how do you like those, like the wild edge steps in the, the – doing the knot and everything. Cause that's what I bought them for was cause I was like, I got to try them, um, you know, so we can figure it out. And, and you're just the, the test subject on this one. Um, but I just couldn't get the knot where I was comfortable with it and like trying to do it in the dark. And, oh, and sh- the knot is a piece of cake. It's just, it's getting used to where to place, where to place it. And, and then on how some tight it is. Yeah, and then on some trees it's easier than others, but like I was in a white oak and that bark is real soft, and so then it bites in, and, and so you got to like cam it over and you mess with it a little bit, and it starts biting, and you got to pull back up a little bit, tighten it. Well, and I think that that's where, because I was trying it on that same pine tree that I was doing the tether in, and so like I couldn't get it to bite right, and it was like, this should be easy because this is a soft bark tree, and you'd think it would just dig right, right in and... And that and just getting, I mean, now I'm pretty, you know, it's 
it's pretty easy. I mean, just the the ring of steps, you got to weave it a certain way. If you if you don't, what I do is go over, I go over the next step and then through. We'll have to do a video on it. But if you try to put it like through underneath both both uh, little teeth on the, your previous step, you can't get it up enough to get it level with each other. So what I do is I kind of go over and then through. And then it lets you get up high enough to let it cam down. And then what it, all it is is just the rope goes over the top of the one you know, little upright or bar or whatever. Throw those sticks on the scale there and we can see what those weigh. So I started the year with a set of Muddy Pros and I bought a Ridge Runner. And I bought a Ridge Runner because I bought it right, I did like a pre-order on the Ridge Runner and I wanted to see, you know, there was nobody that had one, there was no videos out on it. So I was like, well, I want to check this out. And I did and I didn't know anything about saddle hunting and I didn't know anything about uh, platforms. So I messed around with that platform and the way that the Ridge Runner works is it's got a cam over and you have to put it perpendicular to the tree, tighten it up, cam it over, pop it back up, tighten it back up, cam it over again. Well, when you do that at three feet off the ground, it's no big deal. When you're 15, 20 feet up and messing around with it, it, for me, wasn't something that I was real comfortable doing. So I said, nah, you know, I'm not going to use that. And I got that top stick platform. So I hooked that on to the uh, Muddy Pros. And I hunted with those for, okay. So I hunted with those for the beginning of the year. And the platform started to, like, loosen up. Um, and the steps, because of the way that they cam down, they kind of wobble back and forth a little bit. And it, the reason that they do, and I, even on my API sticks, um, that platform, and I'm not talking, like, an inch. I'm talking about, like, an eighth of an inch that they move. But when you're at height or whatever, or when you're using it as your platform, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, uh, any movement is like, is it going to break off or, or whatever? Um, so I was like, I, I'm got to try something else. So I, now I just tighten it up. And uh, the reason that that happens with that, any of it, because even on these API sticks, it does it a little bit. The bolts go through and they go through onto the standoff. And the standoff is designed to move a little bit. Well, like with the uh, lone wolf sticks and uh, the XOPs and the single step things, um, there is a stop there. And that stop is mechanical. That stop could move a little bit side to side, but it still provides a top, you know, a, a stopping point where that comes down, where the these ones that have a double step and they're there has to be some sort of tolerance um, where the the step slides over the tubing and so that's what 
the movement that you're getting is when that loosens up. You can tighten it down as much as you want, and then that standoff will move just a little bit. But eventually, as you use the sticks, that standoff is going to move back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's going to tighten up just enough to give you enough little to pucker up your butthole when it, you're standing on it at however high you are. Um, and so that's why I, ch- I switched off from the Muddy Pros. And I'm actually considering going back to them. Um, just for the, cause I'm using the Versa straps on here. And so John said with my platform on my top stick, it was 3.7 pounds and that's with the Versa strap. And it was what? 2.6. Yeah. Yeah. 2.6 with the Versa strap for that. So I have four of those and they're 24 inches, 22 inches between the steps. And the reason that I wanted to go with that first of all they're the cheapest basically the cheapest stick that you can buy out there that has a fixed uh, that has a double step and these are fixed double step so looking at the length of the b stick and that they're super expensive they're 80 bucks a piece and they're super hard to get people aren't letting go of them there's like no aftermarket for them it's like a true buy once, cry once type deal. And as soon as they come available, they're sold out. So I was looking at these API sticks and they, you can get them for uh, $79.99. I think they're $99.99, but they're always on sale. Uh, Bass Pro or Cabela's or whatever it's called these days. Um, and you can you can cut them down. So my buddy Eric that was just on the last podcast and my brother Dustin, we bought four sets of sticks, um, cut them down, and then we each ended up with a set of four sticks for like 115 bucks. So these are like as close, you know, they're not as light as the B sticks and they don't have, you know, they don't have all the features. But, I mean, as far as like a, a poor man's B stick, uh, that's what we are going for. And I think... Uh, you know, using these Versa straps, that's the only thing that I don't like about them versus the, like the Muddy Pros. Um, the Muddy Pros, the, that cam cleat on there, it's just super easy and super slick, but they're short. I think they're like 20 inches long and they're heavy. I think they're like almost four pounds. Um, they stack weird. These ones, uh, Eric, does a lot of he's he's like John he can build anything and so he staggered these so they the distance between the steps stays 22 inches but there's uh the overhang the two inches on a different end so you can alternate them and they stack up flat on the ends where the muddy pros they end up being a diagonal so if you had like six sticks they would be you know longer diagonally than they would be um like so what would that be horizontally um so we set it up like that and these sticks i mean so what was you said 2.6 pounds so it was like just over 10 pounds for four sticks and then so with the added it's like i think it was 20 ounces was the the platform when i weighed it in the in the video so and I can get, today we were just about 
we were probably about 15 to 18 feet today. But then I was using, with the Muddy Pros to start, I was using a two-step aider on my bottom two sticks. I, you can get well over uh, 20 feet with that. But I was using, I built myself out of this 8 millimeter accessory cord, a uh, single-step aider. And I just set that so that it was the distance between the step from the bottom standoff. So, or from the, actually from the top of the stick. I tried it from the bottom standoff, but then you can't, you can't move it. But this, I loop over the top of the stick. It gives me an extra step and I can get, you know, it's like having an extra two sticks because I get four more steps higher. And when I was in Missouri, there was a few times where I really needed that because of if you're hunting on hills or ridges or anything like that, like <laughs> you end up being eye level with what you're, you're trying to hunt and you need to get a little bit higher and only having four short sticks. And like what I, on one of the videos I was showing Eric and Frank and they're like, you look like you're like 80 feet in the air. And I'm like, I'm really high. Like I was probably 25 feet to the back of the tree into the front of the tree where it fell off it was a long ways like down but you know i was trying to stay out of the wind and i was trying to not be eye level with the deer so that's what i was that's what i was doing so all right john just fixed my release so and that's i don't know if we went over that but the reason that we're shooting the um thumb releases is because we're videoing and so it's one less thing to clank around when you're messing around with a camera. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other reasons um, for that, but, you know, consistency, whatever. But mainly that that's why I'm doing it. So, but as far as these sticks, um, I think what I'm going to do next is do a rope mod on them. Um, the Versa straps, I love them that they don't weigh anything, um, that they're light. Uh, they're super long. Um, I, I got the eight foot ones, so they're, I can go around like any tree. But um, besides that, um, it's kind of a pain in the ass when you're up trying to make sure that it's at the right thing. And I, I haven't tried the daisy chain am steel but i would imagine that it's probably the same thing I, th I think those would probably stay open a little bit easier um so it'd be be something to consider maybe i'll buy one or two of those and, and see how they work uh, they're not gonna it's not gonna weigh anything more or less um but i think the rope mod is a lot more like the um muddy pros and that's what I used for, um, I had a set of leverage sticks and, uh, I did the rope mod on that and it was just as easy as the muddy pros. Um, but I, these, these have the, they don't have a true Versa button. They have like whatever the hybrid muddy Versa button is. So it's like this big plastic disc and, um, so I don't know what the diameter of rope that I would need for um, doing that is. But, but yeah, so that's the, the sticks that I've went to. And I, 
I'm I'm very happy with them in that platform. I mean, I got a lot of questions about, you know, I put up that video. I haven't had another cameraman, <clears throat> John, to uh, video me actually on the platform. So I can't stand on it and video my own feet and going back and forth and spinning around and making the shots and everything like that. But the, as far as that, um, that platform, the, it's the um, artisan outdoor fabrication platform that goes to the top of your stick um that platform only has like one downside i i think um one like so what i like about it is that it doesn't weigh hardly anything it's already on the stick i've got to set the stick anyways and so like out when i was out a couple weeks ago i only wanted to get up just high enough so i could see over this brush so when I had to set two sticks, I did that, got up, and I was hunting. Like, it was just that easy. Um, that is is great. That was one of the issues that I had with the, the Ridge Runner was setting the platform. It was another thing. It was just one more thing that I had to mess around with. And, I, I mean, it sounds funny now because John's like, well, I got to set these three steps and I got to weave them in and out. And I got to make it all perfect. And like, once I set that last, <laughs> once I set that last stick, I'm hunting. Like it's, it's no big deal. But the one bad thing about it, and John, have you, I don't know if you've experienced this with the saddle. Um, when you get up to like your hunting height, because the, wild edge steps as a platform would have the same issue um when you're trying to set your bow holder or your uh whatever you're gonna hang your quiver from or or whatever um so i'm using one of the like the either the tethered um hang your stuff strap with a hero clip or i'm using one of the hme hooks that just um is just a web thing and it straps on and clicks on well with the saddle i feel like that fucking thing has to be like nine feet over your head because your bow hangs down and then you've got the camera there and you've got all the other stuff and so that platform doesn't have enough space for you to stand up on it like if you were on a predator or you're on that ridge runner you wouldn't have to be on your on your tether the whole time. You could actually stand up if you wanted to. On that, you can't... I mean, you could stand up kind of on your toes, but, I mean, it's like... It would be like being 20 foot up and standing on a windowsill um, to to a degree. Have you noticed, like, that? Yeah. It's kind of... It, it is kind of tough, like, because I'm setting mine up high, like you're saying, and then you got to... What I end up doing is usually pull my lineman super tight so I can get up upright and then get the things adjusted and you know I'm still using my old bow hanger and I gotta figure out something different with that but violator nah <laughs> I do have some of those S hooks and stuff but I need to get one of the those tethered straps with the all the loops in it yeah so like I say, that is the one thing that I've noticed that there's there's not enough room to stand on. 
So doing that, you basically have to have your lineman's belt on. And then, um, but other than that, I just don't, I mean, again, that's kind of like where I'm like at a loss or like I'm, I'm not, uh, the, any sort of authority on anything because like I didn't like the Ridge Runner. I never hunted from it. I killed a deer out of the climber base and that was a f- clusterfuck. And this is just like so easy that I just don't see any other reason to change. And, you know, I, I will probably end up trying a predator. Um, but I feel like the guy with the fucking board in front of the college saying, this is the greatest thing ever changed my mind because it's something else that I have to set up. And I, I mean, so that's where I'm ready to try the predator Yeah, just because of, but it's less things to set up. It's just one, one loop instead of doing three, instead of three, but so, so it's even less than what you're doing right now. Right. But also because there is like, in order to turn around and shoot behind you, like if you're going to switch around and shoot off the off side of the tree, I think having that platform is going to be a major advantage where I don't know if you'd seen like any of the demos where like you swing underneath with your, so if you're shooting a right-handed bow, you have the bow in your left hand, you swing your right hand under the tether and then spin around the opposite way. And then the tether goes across your chest Mm -hmm. and it, it like, holds you in but you got now you can stand on that platform and shoot if anyone's interested just go to tethered's i think uh when they were with the hunting public they did a demo the hunting public did a a demo with tethered on it and uh what's his name tethered uh, greg it wasn't greg ernie it was ernie ernie was doing the demo and he he made it look so easy like he's just up there dancing (laughs) you know so but that and I do get pressure, like my my feet start falling asleep kind of because I'm, you know, the 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 wild edge steps are nice because they're rounded, so I'm not getting like super you know sharp pressure points. But I do have to shift my weight, and next thing you know, I'm like <laughs> my calves get a little like like my calves are a little sore today after not not being in the stand for a while and then hunting. Uh, there night but that's that's weird you know because i i definitely had that the first time that i sat in the saddle for any amount of time like my feet were fucked and i I was like i don't know if i could do this and people were talking about your boots and like pressure points and how are you sitting on it and you know were you leaning the whole time and now that's like i get like i don't know if i notice that there's any sort of bit of uncomfortable stuff for my feet like I'll adjust my tether height or I will do something different. So I'll either go from sitting to leaning. And a lot of the times when I'm actually sitting, like I I wear knee pads. And so I'll be sitting, but I'm actually not sitting. I'm kind of like a cross between leaning and, and sitting. And I'll be, a lot of pressure will be on my knees on those knee pads. But like this morning when I got set up because I just, you know, 
right when you first get set up, everything, you know, you don't know where anything is as far as like, is it going to be right in the tree, whatever. So what I ended up doing was where I set it up, I was actually sitting. Like I could do like, if I wanted to, I could just lift up my feet and I was just, it was, it was, it was quite high. My, my, the tether height was. So I had no issue. And I, you know, I wear the just cheap, uh, knee pads that I got at Lowe's. I just found like a black pair that looked pretty comfortable. They See, weren't hard. Like, I, don't, so, I don't have knee pads. I just use the, I took the seat off my XOP tree stand and I just, mm-hmm. usually I end up just tucking it to the camera arm strap. Mm-hmm. So it's right there. So, so for, for myself, like I said, I, I haven't had any of those issues, but I find myself leaning a lot of the time or I'll go back and forth between the two, but I don't, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's like miserable because you're, you're like, there's, there's nothing else. You know, that's the only place that there could be pressure because you're. Yeah, but it's not bad. It's just, I'm just, you know, I'm doing the same thing. I Then I'll just like lean up against the tree with my knee on the pad. And then it's just like super comfortable. But that's when I start getting, as I get closer to the tree, then I start getting more of the squish, you know, I can lower the, my tether down a little bit or the, but. Yeah. So, and then with the filming, we've had some questions about like what our filming setups are and what the, the gear is and everything. And, um, I was using the fourth arrow base in a, in camera arm and everything. And it was just way too damn bulky. Like it was, it's just absurd. And that's another, like, again, like I keep saying, like, I got to do all these videos, but I want to put that in a, a freaking gallon size Ziploc bag because it won't fit. It's, you have to have the base and the shoulder and it's just too big. And so today, like I tried it, I'd heard people say it, but I have a, I bought, I bought the out on a limb, uh, camera arm base. I didn't buy the, uh, assassin's reach. I just bought the base before I went to Missouri and I told him, I was like, well, I was like, will it fit the, the fourth arrow, um, thing? And he's like, I don't think so, but you know, we'll see the, they told me straight up, like, this is the bushing that we use. Like they might have a different one, uh, but this is what we use. And, um, so when I got it, I fully expected to have to figure something out and it fit just fine. Um, I had zero issue just went right straight in there and it's i haven't i've had no issue with it and that's got a bolt buckle so it it's not a ratchet strap it's not as tight and it's a little bit i don't know it's it's, it's if you've ever used a bolt buckle like of course i set it up backwards i ran it through there backwards so then i'm I've, instead of camming it towards myself i got to cam it away and inevitably it's on the other side of the tree and i've got to pull it around the other way and you know it's like knowing your equipment. And so now I'm able to set it up fairly easily. But like I said, today I put it in my cargo pocket and there's no way that you could do that with the fourth arrow. If you were hunting setups, uh, like a pre preset stand, you could have the, the bracket on a tree. You could put that shoulder, just a shoulder in your cargo pocket probably. But, um, and then the, the arm itself, I'm, I'm running a Badlands super day pack. I put it in the water bladder thing behind there 
And then because I broke the um, fluid head that John was using, um, I just gave him my other one. And then my other fourth arrow setup my brother has with the that fluid head. So I don't have a fluid head to use right now. So I've just been using a ball head. And uh, so my videos are kind of jerky. Um, but it, it hasn't been too bad. But it, that cuts down on the bulk like crazy. And I'm actually thinking there's a thing that there's a knob that you can use to adjust the ball head, like the tension on it. But I'm thinking about getting a piece of threaded rod and then a turnbuckle and then putting that knob back on the outside and being able to use that to just pan it side to side. It won't do me any good up and down, but it would be nice to do that. But I'm also using, so I switched up my camera from using a Handycam. So using the Sony like CX-160s, they're like super old. You can get them for like a hundred bucks on eBay. Um, but the reason that I went with that one, it was like the cheapest camera that I could get that you could run a, um, this one. Yeah. Uh, Lank remote on. So like one of the Vera zooms, one of the, um, you know, the thumb things. It is a CX-160. Yeah. HDR CX-160. It's not fancy at all. And they're small. You can put it in your pocket. You can put it in a, a small. What's crazy is the setup I'm using. I'm using the Muddy Pro Arm mm -hmm. with this little camera. <laughs> so I could put a freaking 10-pound camera on that son of a bitch. And so that's part of my bulk, too. I got, there's, there's, you couldn't put any part of that thing in a pocket. <laughs> it won't even fit in my pack. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so there's a bunch of them. Uh, the, those Sony CX series cameras, you just have to look and see, um, if it has a Sony S port or, uh, auxiliary port or whatever. Um, and then they make an adapter. So, and it'll run a thumb remote. So for self-filming, that's like super, super awesome. But I had a, a Canon HFR 700 and uh, that one couldn't take a Lank remote. It was really nice, easy to use, and uh, but a little bit harder because you couldn't use the, the remote. So... Um, I bought a similar one to that, like a lower end model as like a backup camera. And I lent, lent that one out to John or somebody last year. And, um, I destroyed my lower model camera in the, in the water and in the, the snow last year. So, um, I'm very leery about that. So then I bought, uh, this, uh, bridge camera. It's the Panasonic Lumix, uh, FZ 300. And it's like supposed to be weatherproof, waterproof, splash proof, dust proof. It'll shoot 4K. Um, but it's a little bit cumbersome to use because it's like more of a DSLR style. Uh, so I shot fucking 35 minutes of video today. I shot Frank missing a buck two times. And I shot a bunch of great video. Um, well, I thought it was great video. But like because there's a lot of manual settings and I'm still learning the camera, like the ISO's turned way up. So although it is snowing in the video, like it's a little bit grainy because the ISO's turned all the way up when it didn't need to be because it was 
nine o'clock in the morning. Um, so it's, it's definitely like a learning curve and I'm kind of frustrated with myself about that, but the video turned out, it'll turn out pretty cool. I was showing John <laughs> right before we got here. So well, uncle Frank, I'm really excited this morning, <laughs> but it, I mean, it was fun. We've been having fun. So, uh, but yeah, so I'm using the, that out on the limb, the base that they sell, it's like 70 or 80 bucks or something like that. But the amount of money that it is versus the amount of dicking around, I mean, we can, we can certainly sell the one that John has after the season and get it's um, definitely something, gonna be a... something smaller. But I mean, I could, I could challenge John. He could buy one if he wanted to, <laughs> but uh -huh. he's got this big one of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Fun tickets are limited for me right <laughs> now. So <clears throat> I'll, I'll deal with it for the rest of the season, but I'm definitely going to either buy that base or, I mean, you've had good luck with it. I mean, yeah, it, it isn't perfect. Um, and I think it, it wouldn't take much to, to change it to be good. I mean, it's metal. So depending on the temperature, it locks up differently because I think it expands and contracts. And I feel like if it had like, so it's, it's like a cam that's threaded. And I think John, even if I just left it over with John, I think because of the way that it's, you can adjust the tension on it if you wanted to. But if you've ever tried to like level a scale or something like that, like as soon as you like offset one and it's like a four hour ordeal trying to get that bubble like back in the middle and, and messing around with it. So like it works just fine for me, but if I'm because of the way that I have to use that particular camera, I have to like use two hands and move it around and, you know, do things. So if I put too much pressure going one way or the other, I end up putting it out a level and I've got a picture, like you can see it on our Instagram, but I JB welded a fucking <laughs> bubble level on the top of my thing. Cause there's uh, on the camera on the arm itself, because there was no level. So, um, I, I just did that. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that setup. Um, and what arm are you using on that one? The fourth arrow, right? Yeah, it's the fourth arrow arm, and I actually have two of them. Uh, but the one that I'm using right now is a three-piece arm, which is supposed to be, like, better for saddle hunting. Um, and there, there's I, – I was thinking about it this morning. Like, I'm not exactly sure whether I like it or not. It's I'm, pretty cool, but it freaking – it can bend and – twist and contort like a hundred different ways well i mean i could see where that would be nice because you can go all the way around the tree well not only that but you can also you can keep it tighter to you so like with with the muddy it's got it's a two arm and they're long so depending on where i'm at i have to like lean out to get it to go past me so if you had deer in close you wouldn't be able to and, and they went around the tree the opposite opposite side i probably wouldn't be able to get it around without being you know, seen because mm -hmm. I have to lean way out to get it past my belly. Oh yeah. I mean, we had a Fox come by today and it went right underneath the tree and I had to go back around the tree all the way back around and down and it didn't care. And those deer, I mean, you saw the video, those deer didn't look at us one time, even after being shot at twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They didn't know what you were there at least. <laughs> no, they didn't look at me. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, 
And like I say, I'm using the Super Day Pack. Um, I was using the Pursuit Pack last year with the uh, if with the, that straight fourth air arm. Um, that's a really awesome pack because you can put the arm on the outside. You can put the the camera and the, there's big side pockets. If you're using a small handy cam, you can put that camera in the side pocket. And then you got enough room for a little bit of stuff, and you can put your uh, stuff on the outside. The like the um, what's that pack run? That pursuit pack. Yeah, it's a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. Um, Super day packs like two hundred bucks. Um, but the reason that I went to the Super day packs is as soon as I started with the saddle, and I didn't have a stand to strap the sticks to. I strapped them to that pursuit pack, which is a small little pack, which sits is about the same size as a tree stand. Um, when I, when I put the, the, the sticks on the pack and it didn't have the, the wings on it to like cinch it to your back, it was like flying around everywhere and it just wasn't cool at all. Like See, I no, couldn't tighten it up enough to, to make it. Now my pack, my XO mountain gear, I mean, I'm the pack part of it's like the 3,500. It's the, you know, the one we used out West, but. They just came out with an 1800 mm-hmm. for the K3 frame, but it'll also fit the K2 frame, which is mine. And it's 200 bucks to buy just the pack, the, the sack part, and it'll strap right to mine. So I'm looking seriously at getting that, and then then I'll have basically two two packs, you know, mm-hmm. for my frame. Yep. Yeah, and I've been looking at different like frame packs to try and figure out like what I want, and it's like. I'm just that kind of sadist that like I like, love mine. It's so, so light. I almost bought one like I had like so much money laid out like recently and like coming up on Christmas and everything like that, but Axo had their K twos Black Friday for four hundred bucks. Oh man. And it was any size, like whatever they had. And I like I got on there as soon as it was there and like I was like, oh, God, do I buy one, you know, like, like, uh, you know, ask for forgiveness rather than permission, like, you know, whatever. Like, I I don't need one. I have so much stuff. Um, But then I went on there like an hour later and they were all sold out. Everything was sold out. They're gone. And it was, you know, it was like whatever. I, I, I don't necessarily need one. And I, it's like, well, the Everly stock ones look pretty nice. Like the mystery ranch ones look pretty nice. And like the mystery ranch is certainly in the same conversation. I mean, so I know like you're looking at, you know, Exo, Kafaru, Stone Glacier. And then like the next tier is like mystery ranch or like badlands and i almost i've almost bought one of those badlands varios i really like I would, what it is i would say, i would say mystery ranch is right in the same yeah yeah like i say there i mean like they're they're right there that badlands vario looks really really cool and i'm pretty excited about it the only thing is like when i was reading reviews about it like from people that have actually used it is the magnesium frame um flexes and so yours flexes too. Yeah, it flexes but, a little bit. But it squeaks oh. when it flexes. And and that's when people are like, <laughs> like that's cool. that's a deal breaker, you know. Um Mine doesn't so that squeak. that's the one thing and I, like since they were like 
they're just brand new out last year's ATA. Right. I'd like to see if they have like another version coming out or or something like that, where they're kind of like addressing these things. Um, That's what I was thinking too about the 1800 pack. You know, we're planning on doing another elk trip this year. And then I'd have, you know, depending on how we hunt, you know, if we're not going to be camping, you know, doing the, like we did last year, Mm -hmm. that'd be nice just to have a smaller pack for, you know, just carrying your, your daily stuff, maybe a emergency kit for an overnight if you need it. But that 1800 would be nice for that. But as far as like for my pack situation, um, like the, I hunted one time this year without uh, my camera arm and big camera and stuff, and I just brought the GoPro out. And so, out of all the hunts that I've done this year, every every one has been with a camera, like full on everything, except for one time I just brought the GoPro, and I was like, you know, I, I my, when I was in my last day in Missouri, uh, my batteries were dead, and it was like eighteen degrees. And I was like, uh, you know, I'm I'm done. This is that's it. I got the GoPro. I got my I had the little camera, and um, I was like, that's gonna be good enough. I got my phone. Um, so the amount of things that I actually carry, besides camera or filming gear, is nothing. Like, so I've been looking really hard and curious about like your. That's why I was asking you about like how much can you fit in that um, fanny, fanny pack. pack because especially that monster like I like the way that yours turns into that bucket mm-hmm. um, but that monster with the shoulder strap so and I could lay my uh, sticks across the top of it or the bottom of it either way um, I think I could really get away with just something that. like that and. You know, when I first started hunting with Frank, that's all we used was fanny packs. And it was like, okay, I'm paring it down to nothing. And then we started hunting, like, we went, started going to Ohio and stuff. It was like all day sits. And now we got to bring food and we got to bring this. We got to do that. And right. It just became more and more and more and more. And now it's like, well, I got this pack and everything. But I, I don't really see, like, I don't have, like, a real issue, um, like, not bringing things. But with the camera arm, and I've been looking at those, like, I've been looking pretty hard at, like, you know, that beast camera arm. And, the like, it, it looks like it's just like the lone wolf one. But, I mean, do you see how that attaches and how everything goes on with that? I haven't looked at it close, no. So all it is is, like, it's like a three-part or a two-part thing, like your, like the top part of yours. But where it would go, where it would normally go down into your base, the base is just a solid piece with standoffs and a Versa button. And then it's got a big T that levels it, but then it also like tightens it off of that thing. And then you either run a a head off of it or you run like what Dan Infault runs is like one of those trigger ball heads. But the beauty of it was it would just all fold flat and just be right. one one thing you know and like like i said with the this this top stick platform 
it's just one last thing that I got to fuck around with, you know. I don't got to yeah. add anything to it. I don't got to put anything on it. I don't have to. It's just there and it's done. Yeah, I mean that's pretty slick when you, you know, when you were setting up your cameraman for me that day. It was, you know, you're up there and you're done. Where I get up there and it doesn't. I mean, once you get used to it, putting those three steps on, just you know, it's not bad. But I definitely, I'd like to try out the the predator platform. I mean, of course, it's pricey. I mean, like they're like 169, 160 bucks, which I don't think is that bad. I mean, realistically, I mean, yeah, you can buy a bunch of tree stands with that. You can buy XOP, you know, that Evo. You can buy that for that. But maybe I'll sell the old Summit then. Yeah, going like full on. Yeah, but you know, um, to me, like I said, I I fought the saddle hunting thing like veganism or CrossFit or hunting from a kayak, like it's just a fad or like something. And and you know, a lot of people. That's what I see online. It's people saying like, oh, it's just going to be one of these things. But it's the simplicity of it. Like it, it and that's what people say is like, oh, it's, I, I read it today. I'm saying, well, it's so complicated and it can't be comfortable and all that stuff. And it's like really, I mean, the way that I'm doing it, like the hardest part is setting up the sticks. And today, well, today and yesterday both, I climbed right next to Frank when he was setting up all of his stuff and we got to the same height and I was up there in the same amount of time. Right. The difference is, is that he's already sitting down and hunting. And if I weren't setting up camera gear and all that, I would be hunting too. Exactly. I was saying he's not setting a camera arm up and getting all that shit ready. Yeah. Where, you know, you get to a tree with your climber, you got to hook it on, then you got to make sure it's adjusted right. Because I don't know how many times I've got up there, and it's like you got to eyeball it just right. And the platform's either too high or too low, and you either got to go back down or you got to try to do it the dumb dumb way and do it while you're up there. Which I don't suggest anyone do that. But I mean, so in the in the meantime, you're getting your sticks out, putting them on, and you're climbing up, mm-hmm. and you get up there and yeah, so, so by the time he got his stand set at the bottom of the tree and got into it and was climbing, I had my first two sticks set. I was putting on my last layer of clothes, hooking up my bow rope, and climbing up to, you know, hook. I got my lineman's belt out. Then I got that around the tree. And so I was already, you know, somewhere around 10 foot or so up. And he was catching up to me. And so then I sat my stick, get up there, sat my next stick, and hooked on my tether, and I was there. Now, he's got his bow holder on his bow, or on his the top of his stand, and he pulled up his bow, and he was there. Right. I still had to hang up my backpack, get out the camera arm, this, that, every, all that stuff. But it, it wasn't that much different in the amount of time the amount of effort, agility, all that sort of thing is, is a little bit different. But but that, and you can get in any tree with your setup. Mm-hmm. You're doing a climber, you, you got to find just the right tree. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. you got to find a tree with no limbs. 
But back to speaking of bow ropes, this is just a quick little thing. If you guys, uh, Adam, seen me, I got three different bow ropes or three different ropes. I got, and they're always a tangled fucking mess. And I, it's like Adam's like, get one of them dog straps. I'm like, no, that thing. I I actually have an extra one, and it's like loud and cumbersome. Go to Urban Bowman's YouTube page and watch his paracord the little paracord tutorial on it and i i got out to my tree i pulled my shit out of my pack and i just rewrapped them all just like that and that that's slicker than fuck no no tangles and just hooked it on and as i climbed up it come out and i didn't have any problems so (laughs) thanks taylor for that one (laughs) yeah um bull ropes are the bane of my existence (laughs) Um, and I, I watched that video and I, I didn't go that far. I, I guess I watched it the way that I watch anything else. And I just glean the information that I want. Cause I, I do wrap it the way that he says to wrap it on the figure eight on your hand. Yeah. But then I just loop it around and then I just, I just go like, Oh, I did it just like he did. You tuck it through. And then as you go up, it just pulls out and it doesn't tangle. Yeah. I didn't do that. So either way, <laughs> like I say, <laughs> Frank could have used that today. He <laughs> dropped his bow from six, seven, eight feet up. What did you get a knot in it? Well, he thought he had it hooked onto his uh, the top of his climber, and he was lowering it down, and he had a loop in it. So he's he he thought that the loop was like tight, <laughs> tight, and so he just let go of that, and the loop just went, and the bow went, Ooh, the whole rope just <laughs> let go. <laughs> Did it do the cartwheel? <laughs> no, it just went. Uh, he goes, and you know, he, he says, broke the fucking sight off my bow, <laughs> snapped it right off, but it didn't. I thought it did. I thought it looked like it, but maybe you'll hit deer now. <laughs> <laughs> a little ground tuning. Fell down a well, eyes go cross, <laughs> kicked by a donkey, <laughs> back to normal. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, I think that's kind of all we got for today as far as, I mean, that's basically everything that we've used and and, and gone through this year. And, um, yeah, I'm, I don't know if people seen it in the video or not, but I'm still shooting my bow from last year, my RX-1, mm-hmm. my elk setup, basically, 80-pound limbs, 560-grain axis arrows. So, yeah, I did the trick on that doe, I mean. I was playing the video back of the non-video of her, but you can hear the sound, and it's pretty, pretty brutal sounding. Pretty, pretty violent. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've got so much video to edit and <laughs> and and produce, but I got my camera, um, or the I got my computer back and upgraded and everything, and it seems to be going pretty pretty slick for. Uh, for editing to this point and the, all the video that I had from today's hunt was in 4k and the computer did not really like that so much when I was doing like a hundred different things at once, but it seems to be working pretty good. So I should have, um, I would say by the end of the week after this podcast comes out, um, Frank's hunt up cause I've, I don't have to do anything to it. It's pretty much in real time. It was, I didn't have to self film it. So, you know, I, it was, it was, and it's good. I mean, it, he missed a really nice buck and I got, 
pretty good video of the buck I, the whole the whole thing so it's it's pretty stay cool. tuned for that one yeah we'll we'll get him on here for that story uh that's pretty much everything that that uh we've got today for everything that we've done this year so uh, i do appreciate it you know thanks for listening thanks for hanging around sticking with us if you made it this far and um, we'll catch you next time see you